morning, Calvary. Amen. Can you stand up and let's give the Lord a hand this morning. your neighbor and tell them you're looking good today. Amen. Hallelujah. We are here to worship the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just give you glory. Amen.
things and put them back together. He not only puts them back together, he makes them new. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? He can turn your dead places into gardens. Amen. Hallelujah.
for working in our midst this morning. Hallelujah. Whatever you have need of this morning, church. How many has got a need in your life? I believe every one of us, if you're breathing this morning, you're going to say, you know what, I have a need of some type in my life. And we didn't just come to church this morning to come to church. We came to meet Jesus. Amen. I know he lives with us every day, but we came every day. We come every morning on Sundays to just come together into his presence and to experience him this morning. And I just want to encourage you, church, as we sing this last song, I want you to think about what you may have need of. And I want you to realize he is a way maker. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. Lord, I worship you. You are here. part again. Stop. 
never stop singing again. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Wait. Look at your life. Whatever you have need of, we're going to sing it again as they continue. And I want you to sing, God, I need this in my life. I need you to move in this area. Lord, it looks impossible. It looks like it'll never change, but you are the way maker. Amen. Let's just put it on it. Put it on your knee this morning. You're working, even when I don't feel it. You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Never Sing it without the music. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Maker, amen. He is our miracle worker and he is certainly our promise keeper. Look what the Lord is doing in our midst already. Can we give the Lord a mighty praise for his presence in the house of the Lord today? The Spirit of God is moving, and when you feel led to come to an altar, I will have to say, more than I know the pastor would want me to say this these altars are always open. Come on, church. We're not giving away the altars, amen? The altars are always, this is where miracles happen, amen? This is where lives are transformed by the power of God, and we're so thankful for our dear sister that came to this altar this morning. I know God is doing a special work in that couple's life, amen? And we're going to believe that, amen? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You know, as they were singing that song before that even, you know, it was talking about God's mercies and and the faithfulness of God. How many are so thankful for the faithfulness and the mercies of God in your life, in your family's life, and uh, the provisions and everything that he does for us? And I was thinking of a scripture as, I, as they were singing that. And, and, and you know, David cried out and said, I, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the Lord, mercies of the Lord forever. That means, church, that when we, we, we're singing it now in the physical body, but one day, even in the spiritual realm, when God gives us and fashions us into a glorified body like His, we're still going to be singing of the mercies of God forever. Amen. And He goes on to say, With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations because God you're faithful amen and when I thought about that I thought Lord how faithful and how merciful you are 
And there's one more I would just want to read here. It's in Lamentations. In Lamentations, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Listen, that's what we have up here on the stage, hope. That is our theme. Our only hope, church, is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Our hope is not in politics. Our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in the world. Our hope is in the one who's faithful to us and whose mercies extend to us forever and ever. Amen. Give the Lord another praise for you seated. God bless you. Amen. You can be seated if you can. God has been faithful and merciful to us this morning, and we just want to give him glory and honor for what he has done. We want to welcome anyone that's here for the first time. Maybe you're here as a guest, or maybe you haven't been here for some time. First of all, we just want to say thank you for being in God's presence and sharing God's presence with us. Surely you can feel the presence of the Lord here. Amen. And we are so thankful you're here. And back on the foyer, back there on the uh, foyer table, we do have what we call the connection card. It looks just like this. And if you would not mind, if you're a first-time guest or you haven't been here for some time, would you please take the time just to fill it out. It's very short, very simple. Fill it out for us so that we can keep you updated on all the happenings that's going on here at Calvary because we believe greater things are coming. Look at your neighbor and say, greater things are coming. God's moving, and he is doing a mighty work. And I just want to say how, how blessed we were yesterday morning. Men, amen. We had some really good cooks, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, we had a, you're talking about a breakfast. We had a wonderful meal, uh, but we also had a great time to share with one another about the mission uh, of the men's armor, uh, men of armor, also the vision for the men of armor that we've got planned for us men here at the church. So ladies, you guys, y'all pray for us. Church, pray for us because we have to be led by the Spirit of God. It ain't going to be by my might, not by my power, but by His Spirit. Amen. It's only God that can make miracles happen and, and do things through the men's ministry. And we thank you men for coming out, the ones that did. And then we also want to say thank you, Brother Dale, for starting up our Sunday school. Amen. God's using him. He's right. He pointed up to God. God gets the glory. But yet there was a great turnout this morning. Amen. Looking for that to continue to grow. So thank you all for coming out for that. And he will be continuing this on. So if y'all, uh, if anyone wants to come out for that, Sunday school is going to be at Calvary now every Sunday. So we thank you, uh, Brother Dale, for your uh, faithfulness in that area. Amen. Uh, the women are going to be this afternoon. Uh, they are doing their Christmas luncheon, and it starts at two o'clock. They want to invite everybody, every lady that will come, bring a guest, bring a side dish with you. Amen. Bring food, and that way everybody will have plenty to eat. Everybody will have a great time together, ladies. We pray God's blessings upon your luncheon this morning. I told the men yesterday, I said, uh-oh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but that's just what I do sometimes. You, we're we're going we, to make it a fun, competitive thing, okay? We're coming after you, ladies. Come on, Brother Jason, back me up. We're going to come after them, amen. No, it's all great. We want to see the men's uh, uh, ministry. We want to see the women's ministry be blessed, amen, to where it is just full of the power of God, and, and we can see lives transformed and changed, men and women of God. That's what we want to see happening here at Calvary. But it's, it's all good to have a little fun and, you know, say, this was me and Sister Tammy, I guess, and Brother Malcolm, we got to, Brother Malcolm, you know, we got work to do, brother, back there. Come on. We got work to do, amen. We got, they're, they're, we're going to admit they're ahead of us. But, you know, we're not just sprinting. We're going to do the marathon. 
You know what the marathon means? That's who finishes the line, right? I better hush. I'm going to get in trouble. I hear my wife back here saying, yep, yep, yep. Okay, it's enough, enough. Okay, so anyway, we're going to get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to thank God for his presence, and we're going to invite his presence when the pastor comes up now to bring. How many are looking forward to the pastor bringing the word? Come on. We got a great shepherd here. The Lord's give us. And he has really been blessing us here lately with some powerful, powerful messages. And so we're going to pray again that God just, just pours out his spirit upon him this morning. Can we do that in agreement? Father, we just thank you for, first of all, your faithfulness, your mercy that endures forever. We thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning, for the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that draws us, Lord, at times to the altar, that breaks our hearts and lets us know, God, that there are times we just need to fall before a living God and pour out our heart to you. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you're going to do uh, great and mighty things in our men's ministry. You're going to do great and mighty things in our women's ministry. You're going to do great and mighty things for this church. Lord, you're going to send a, a revival into this midst. Oh, you are going to stir up, Lord, this community. It's going to be powerful, and we're excited about it. And as our pastor comes forth, Lord, this morning, we just pray that you would just, uh, Lord, just pour into him what you would have him to say this morning. Lord, you, Lord, speak through him this morning. Let the Holy Spirit speak through his mouth to us, and may our ears be open to hear as we love our pastor, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Give your pastor a hand as he comes. Praise the Lord. Can you say hallelujah? Praise the Lord. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Didn't we have wonderful worship this morning? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Echo on that men's breakfast uh, yesterday morning, uh, we had uh, sausage and sausage gravy and bacon and yeah. eggs and homemade biscuits and oh. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was wonderful and thank you all the men that came out, uh, Pastor Steve and Brother Malcolm did share the vision of the men's ministry and I believe God is going to do great in mighty things and as he also echoed echoed uh, our Sunday school starting back up as I come in the door uh, a little late this morning I was reminded by one of my brothers he said do I need to help you get up on Sunday morning <laughs> uh, but I heard the piano down there the piano down there going and I could tell they were having a wonderful time in the Lord so I'm glad Sunday school is started back up as God continually blesses brother Dale and all of the women's ministry, they'll have a great time this after, afternoon. How many of you ready uh, to get into the Word of God Amen. this morning? Amen. Christmas is upon us, but I believe God is uh, going to speak to our hearts, uh, speak to our hearts this morning. How many of you have got out of bed in the morning and uh, uh, about halfway through your morning or halfway through your Day, you ask this question, why did I ever get out of bed? Why did I ever get up? Because this day is just not going very well. Uh, maybe you've had a day like that. Maybe you've even, how many of you have had months like that? And uh, even maybe a year like that. Uh, this last couple years, I was... Pastor John was sharing with uh, Pastor Steve and myself how they went to the, they were getting ready to go see their, uh, he was getting ready to go see his mom and dad and they were getting ready to leave and spend all that time packing the car and getting the kids in and, and they got up the road a little bit, well something happened to the car and so he tried to fix the car and all of that didn't work out and so he had to turn around, go back home, unload and get ready to go the next day. So. We don't know. Our plans get changed sometimes very unexpected, don't they? Uh, I want to look in the Word of God, and I want to talk about this morning uh, when God messes up our plan on purpose. When God messes up our plan on purpose. And the first thing I want to look at, I want to get into the Christmas story and start out a series and look at the Christmas story. And when we look at it this morning, we'll 
we're going to notice that anyone that had anything to do with the birth of Christ had their plans all messed up. If you study the, any character of the Bible that had anything to do with Christmas, their plans were all messed up. And I wrote down a few, uh, a few of those. Mary and Joseph, they certainly had their plans messed up. But what does God do when, or what do we do when God messes up the plans that we've already had set in order, we've architected, or we've planned for our own uh, life? What do we do? Uh, Mary and Joseph uh, decided that they were going to get married, have a family, uh, have some children, I'm sure have some goats and cows and chickens and a couple dogs and God forbid maybe a cat and uh, you know there and they were gonna have a nice they was gonna have a nice they was gonna have a nice family they was gonna have a nice family and but God messed their plans all up God messed the plans of Mary and Joseph all up and, and number one. Uh, she gets, uh, she gets pregnant, and it's not by Joseph. It's by the Holy Spirit. And not only that, she finds out that through that pregnancy, uh, the, she was going to birth the Savior, of the, the Savior of the world, and she was going to be a virgin. Now, can you imagine how her plans were all messed up and how God rearranged her? He actually rearranged her whole life when she was a young girl. I think about the plans that King Herod had. King Herod was brutal. Uh, king Herod had, uh, was a king over Israel, but he wasn't Jewish. And so he was paralyzed by the thought of someone uh, taking over his kingdom. And within that, he killed, he had his mother killed. He had his brothers killed. Uh, he had most of his family uh, slaughtered. He had his two son-in-laws killed. Uh, and then he found out that uh, the Savior of the world had been born. And, and any child under two years old, he wanted to have uh, slaughtered. So his whole, plans got, his whole plans got changed around when he heard that the Savior of the world had been born. Also, the plans of the religious leaders of that day. They were praying for a political Messiah. They was praying for a political leader. But their plans were really messed up when Jesus Christ came into the world, the Savior of the world. They weren't looking for that kind of Savior. And so their plans got all messed up. How about the innkeeper? His life was turned around. That night, when he had to tell Mary and Joseph that there was no room at the inn. What about the shepherds? It was a regular night. And the shepherds' lives got all turned around that night. Have you had plans in your life, planned to do something, planned to go somewhere, or you've made actually plans, and you've sat down and planned out things, and all of a sudden... They get changed. Or all of a sudden you get a phone call you never thought you would get from the, the doctor. Or you would get from maybe the, even the, the police department. Or oh, you could go on and on that your plans has been, your plans have been changed. Well, the shepherds, it was that night their whole plans were changed. I'm sure they were out there having maybe a good time. They were either sleeping or joking around or... I don't know what they were doing, but their plans got completely changed when the fireworks went off in the heavens. Uh, their, plans got, their plans got changed. What do we do? What do we do when your plans and my plans get changed unexpectedly? What happens? What, what happens when everything's going good in your life and unexpectedly, they get changed. Maybe you're here and you, you got married young and you thought everything was going good and you had children and 
later down in life, you never expected you would go through a divorce. Maybe you were good and healthy. You worked out and you, uh, uh, you uh, ate good and unexpected something happens. You have a heart attack. Something happens to your body unexpectedly. You thought that you were doing great. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a family member that you lose at a young, young age. You never expected. They were good and healthy, but that young one passed away at a very young age. Maybe you lost a, a spouse at a, year, a young age or a child at a young age. But something in your life changed unexpectedly when you never expected it to happen. And I think we're all here this morning. There are times in our life where we have planned it all out. And we think that this is the way that it's going to go. And we, we know there's curves. We know there's turns. And we've even planned for those curves and those turns. And we've already mapped it out. But unexpectedly, our lives are completely changed around. What do we do with those changes? When God changes our plans, brothers and sisters, He changes them for the good. He says, I work all things out for my good. But the enemy jumps right in there when our plans get turned around. And the very first thing he does is he wants you and I to accuse God. Say accuse with me. Accuse God of turning our plans around. Because we have this idea, mindset, and we all do. Why shouldn't we? That the plans that we have planned out are good for our life, right? Until God sometimes messes those things up. And when he messes those up, sometimes... We go to the place where we start blaming God for what's going on in our life. Somebody here this morning, I feel like you are you're here this morning and I'm glad you are because I think you have been blaming God for the turnaround that's been in your life. God does change our plans, but sometimes you and I can make some crazy decisions that change our plans. We can, we can make some bad mistakes in our life by our own choice that changes our directory in our life. I've heard people say things like like when people go through tragic things in their life like maybe a young lady has been raped or molested or 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 something bad has happened in a young teen's life and well you know God has a way no that is the work of hell work of the devil and work of the enemy God doesn't work like that church We spit off things sometimes pretty quick like, like someone has cancer or someone died of COVID or someone dies of this or gets sick over that. Well, it's God's will that they have all those things in their life. Brothers and sisters, God doesn't create that. It's a little quiet. The Bible tells me that God has great plans for my life. The Bible says you can make many plans, 
but the Lord purpose his will for your life. His purpose will prevail. What do you do when God changes your plan? The first thing I wrote down, and I believe I'd like for you to maybe take note of this. Because if God hasn't changed some of your plans, he will. Now let me encourage you. If God hasn't changed any of your plans yet, he will. Because for some reason, we think that we know. I mean, some of y'all are staring at me like I'm crazy. For some reason, we think that we know the direction of our life and what way it should go. Right? But you are not sovereign. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not sovereign. Look at the other one and say, you don't really know. You think you know, but you really don't know. So let me give you a few things. What happens when God changes our life? When God changes our plans, listen, when God changes our plans, He's trying to get our attention. Now, God has something called the megaphone. Because it seems like that let me step out by faith here, that none of us really get what God is saying when he just whispers to us. So God has something called this megaphone that he uses, and it's called pain. How many of you, God, gets your attention when pain comes in your life? You know, when everything's going well, I really might have a tendency not to go in the direction that God wants me to go when everything might be going well. But you let pain come in my life, my spiritual ears really perk up. How about you? God's plan for Mary and Joseph was incredible. It was so awesome. It was so unbelievable. It was so unordinary. He had to do something extraordinary to get the attention of Mary and Joseph. And what did he do? He sent an angel. I'm sure that got their attention. What does it take to get your attention? Probably just take your cell phone away. Probably just to take your cell phone away, right? You want, to get, you want to get your teen's attention? Just take their cell phone away. It's not that hard. But what does God do? What does God have to do in your life and my life to get our attention? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 puts it this way. There is a path before each person that seems what? It seems right, but it ends what? In death. God is saying a lot of plans that you and I make on our own decisions and mapping out our own life, they end up in what? How many of you have made plans in your life thinking that, I've asked this before, you thinking they're all going to turn out like that, but they turned out a mess. They've turned out a mess. Could it be we were not listening to God? Could it be that we were not listening to listening to God? Everything God does in your life, He does it for your own good. He does it because He loves you. He does it because He wants to protect you. Because He is a loving, heavenly Father. And when he changes the direction in our lives, it's because, stay with me, because, because he loves us. 
because he wants to make sure we're on the right path. God is not limited to time, church. He doesn't work on a 24-hour period. Time is, uh, uh, time is forever with God. So when he looks at your life, he is not concealed by time. Our Heavenly Father is, is here because he, he loves us. He don't want us to have a broken heart, broken body, broken marriages, broken relationships, broken dreams. He loves us. The second thing I see, the reason God changes the paths in our lives, when God changes your plans, it all means that God has a better plan. Say a better plan. Say that God has a better plan. How many of you have been going along and God's changed the plans in your life, and after you go down that road that he has changed, you say, wow, God. Only a couple of you. Okay. How many of you that you've been going down and you've made plans, God's changed those plans, and after you've walked down that road, you say, wow, God, thank you for changing those plans in my life. Thank you, God. Jeremiah 29, 11 is very familiar. It says this, for I, the Bible says, for God says, I know the plans I have for you. Isn't it good that God knows that he has great, we all know that God has great plans plans for our life. Whether you're, whether you're, you're, you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, we could look at Caleb's life. God has great plans for all of our lives. If you're here, God has forgave you of your sins. Your, your, your past is behind you. Your future is before you. And if you know that, God has great and mighty things planned for your life today. I thank God that God messed up the plans of Joseph and Mary. I'm standing here preaching for over 2,000 years ago. God decided to mess up a young girl and a young man's plans for her to have a little baby called Jesus, which is now the Savior of the world. We're, listen, we are all here today. We're all here today because Jesus, because God decided to mess up the plans of a young man and a young woman. What can God do with you and I when he decides that it's our time that he messes up our plans? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But it is written, listen, it is written, I has not seen... Okay, look at, your, listen, look at your life right now. If, if God has shifted your life in, in one way right now and he's messed it up, look at this scripture. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath entered to the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that, isn't that exciting to know? That God might be shifting some plans in my life, but eyes have not seen. And see, we've always looked at that scripture. We've always looked at that scripture as just being heaven. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be in a glorified body. I'm going to be walking on the streets of gold, eating at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay? But I want God to change whatever plans he has to in my life right now where eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has had in store for this church. The Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 7, Jesus says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later, listen, you'll understand. God, I don't know what you're doing right now in my life. How many of you think what God's doing in your life right now looks a little crazy? Let me say that again. How many would say 
that what God is doing in your life right now might look a little crazy to you. Right? But God says that later you're going to realize what I'm doing in your life. I don't understand it all. But I have faith to believe, God, whatever you're doing, Pastor Steve, whatever you're doing, I don't understand it right now. Come on, church. It, it, it's confusing to me right now because I wanted it to go that way. Come on. I wanted it to go that way. That's the way I wanted it, I wanted it to go. And if it would have went that way, I, I am just convinced that it would have all worked out. But how many of you have heard me say over and over, if... I could figure out how to work it out, and it would turn out good and great, God would step in and say, I'm going to mess it all up to let you know that you're not in charge, and I'm going to work it out this way. So I can have joy that even though God has messed my plans up, that he's going to work it out for my good. The third thing I wrote down is, when God messes up your plans, he wants you to trust him. Now, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of sermons on faith. How many of you have heard a lot of sermons on faith? I'm sure some of us here, maybe even our theology on faith may differ in, in, in some way or another. But my belief on faith is that, and I really... After studying and, and maybe studying a little bit more, I, I, Tina and I started talking, and, and, I, and she said over and over to me, she said, Honey, she said, I believe the greatest level of faith is, is when you pray and you pray and it doesn't turn out like you think it ought to turn out, and then you have to step in the rim of just trusting God. And the longer I live, the more I realize that, Brother Dale. How many times have I prayed for things in my life, had faith to believe, and still for some reason, for some reason they haven't turned out the way I thought they should have turned out. But when I just say, God, I'm going to just trust you. God, I I've got to trust you. I don't know why this happened in my life, but I know one thing, that I've just got to trust you that it's all going to turn out for your good. Unexpected things that happen in our life that God has a way of messing up our life. But if we'll just trust Him, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, We know that God causes everything. Say everything. everything. Let's read this together. Let's, let's start all over again. We know, we know, okay, we say, We know. Okay, we got to establish, establish that because if we don't know, it don't no good to read the rest of it. We got to say, we know. Okay, we know that God what? Causes. Who causes it? God causes. Say, say everything. I mean, I'm saying, you got to say everything. Through my sickness, through my hurt, through my pain, through my divorce, through I name it, name it, name it, name it. Through everything to work out for the, for what? For the good of who? Those who love God. How many of you love God? How many of you love God? How many of you love God? And are called what? According to what? His purpose for Him. Now let's give the Lord a, let's give the Lord a hand. God said everything to work out for my good. So the last one is through, through the changing of the plans 
that God may have for your life, are you going to just, are you going to trust Him? Are you going to trust Him? Am I going to trust God in the situation and do what He wants me to do, or am I going to trust, come on, am I going to trust what? Am I going to trust what? And I'm going to do what? I'm going to try to figure it out myself. Let's read that and I'm going to close. Okay, Sisterfield, thank you. Let's read that again. Am I going to trust God in the situation and do what he wants me to do? Or am I going to trust what? Myself and think I can what? I can figure it all out myself. Or am I going to trust him? We're going to just have to have faith to trust God. Amen. We're going to have to have faith to trust God. Because I'm telling you, I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> Come on, let's just get let's just get real. Okay, this just gets real. I don't know what to do about it. I think I do. I read all the books that tell me how to do it. But the people that wrote the book is just as confused as I am. <laughs> Until I get a hold of the author of this book. And if I'll just trust the author of this book, he's going to work it out. Okay, so have confidence, okay? Walk out of here and have confidence that I can't tell you everything's going to go smooth. I can tell you God's probably going to mess up your plans, okay? But just trust him, okay? Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, you have a way of bringing detours in our life. You have a way of, of as we're going down this path of life, you have a way of, of putting a curve a detour in our life that we never we never expected we never even have had a hint even never had a thought that our life would go in that direction and for some reason you were the one who put that detour in just like um, Joseph and Mary as you put that detour in their life and you change the direction of their life we are confident that whatever direction you are changing in our life whatever detour you put in God is going to work out for our good God, I know that's, I know that brings peace in my heart this morning. That you're going to work it out for our good in that direction. So God, I, I want us to leave here this morning with confidence in our heart that somehow that if we'll just trust you, you're going to work it all out. I want us to sing this uh, chorus and then I'm going to close in prayer this morning.
child that doesn't know the Lord this morning. But you know what? When God, look, look at me, look at me. Maybe you got a spouse, uh, maybe you got a child or someone in your family that doesn't know the Lord and you're saying, I don't know how all this is going to work out. Okay. Well, look at this pastor. I stand up here with confidence. <laughs> you know what? They think, some of them think they're having fun. Amen. Didn't you think you were having fun? Some of you, didn't we have fun? Okay. But you know what? God is getting, look, God is getting ready to put a detour in their life. It's unexpected, okay? So if they come kind of whining and crying to you, just know that God has put a detour in their life. And God's going to detour them to the altar. God's going to detour them to the altar. Now, some of you, your kids live away from here. And I don't know where that altar's going to be. I don't know if that altar's going to be beside their bed. I don't know if it's going to be at a church house. I don't know where it's going to be. Maybe it's in their car. But I am confident that God's going to put a detour in their life. It's going to turn them around. He's going to work it all out for their good. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you this morning. God, we love you. You're such a compassionate, loving Father. God, we're going to walk out of here with confidence that you love us so much that the detours in our life and the detours in our family's life are going to work out for your good. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. Ladies, don't forget to be here at 2 o'clock today.